I cut off the solo, but that's okay, because uh, has anybody heard that song before? All right. Anybody know who wrote it? The Birds. Uh, actually, everybody thinks that the birds have great lyrics. They copied it straight out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, we're going to talk this morning uh, about um, a new year, new opportunities. We're going to talk about Solomon. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but this morning, before we get going, we did this in the middle of the sermon last time. This morning, we're going to start off with this. So I need everybody to make sure that you have at least one thumb that you can kind of do this, do this with. Just this. Just this. If you, feel, if you feel like you need to, you can. You can use both hands. Okay? So it looks like this. Okay? And I want you to do this. You point straight at yourself. All right? And when, on the count of three, I want you to say this. You're going to use the word I. You're talking to yourself now. Okay? You're going to say, I am special. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. I am special. Okay? Some of you sinned because you didn't really mean, you didn't mean that. Okay? Don't lie to yourself. Okay? Okay? Point, point, point yourself. Say, I, I am Special. You're not special because you say you're special. Did you hear me? You're not special because you say so. You're special because God said so. There's a lot of things that we're going through this this year uh, already in five days. Some of you are five days deep into a New Year's resolution. That's why I chose to start mine tomorrow. <laughs> no, I did really. I mean, I'm starting tomorrow, but um, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> But Happy New Year. Did anybody make it till midnight? Yeah? Anybody make it way later than midnight? I surprised myself. I stayed up till uh, 1.30. Um, I didn't feel great the next day. Uh, not because of anything that I did, but my body's not ever used to staying up till 1.30. Uh, if I get up at early, 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 we're probably going to go hunting something. So, um, anyway. Uh, so, Monopoly? Anyone? Anyone? Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I've seen some, I've seen more monopolies, m- more monopoly games ended with the table getting thrown than somebody actually winning. Um, I refuse to play my dad or my brother-in-law, who actually beat my dad. He's the only person in the history of the world I know that has beaten my father. Uh, but uh, I just refuse to play. I watch hunting shows on TV. I just can't do it. Dominoes, I play. But we are going to be in Ecclesiastes this morning. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter three, and I'm, we're going to look at Solomon. Solomon was King David's son. Okay, uh, the wisest human probably ever to walk the face of the planet. He, God asked him what he wanted. He said, I want wisdom. So God gave Solomon great wisdom. He, gave, he also gave him great wealth. Um, and there's some, there's some people that argue that today about if Solomon was really, really wise because the dude had 300 wives. Some of you will get that later. 300! Uh, but he was very wealthy, so I guess he could afford that. Um, so... We celebrated the new year, we're five, we're five days deep, you only have to make it 361 more to cash in on January 1st next year. Um, whether you're wanting to eat better, lose weight, uh, read your Bible more, um, whatever your, your goal is, I, I hope that you achieve it this year. Our D groups do need your prayer. And I, I know that some of, you, some of you have come to me and said, man, I would really like to do that. But my schedule just does not allow that to happen. That's cool. You come and see me later. Um, I may not have enough with me, uh, uh, so I, can, I may post on Facebook, just because it's a lot easier. Um, just post on Facebook like the readings for this week. But all of our D-groups are going to be meeting this week. Um, because here's, here's the deal. When you specifically decide that you are going to further and grow deeper in your spiritual relationship with God, there's a whole bunch of things that, that start happening. Number one, you get kind of nudged or pushed or stretched by God, and then you get like haymakers thrown by Satan. And they're nothing short of that, okay? Stumbling blocks. Um, anybody ever tried praying at night and you fall asleep? I wonder why. <laughs> because I'm tired, man. Okay, I get it, because you're tired. But Satan does not want us. I think uh, uh, there's a guy on TV that I've seen. That he, says, he said, whenever I wake up in the morning, when my feet hit the ground, I want Satan to say, oh no, he's awake again. He goes, I want, to be that, I want to be that kind of guy for the kingdom of God. So I wonder um, if you wouldn't mind joining uh, us and in, in, in our church and pray for the discipleship groups, the people that are intentionally reading the Bible all the way through. All the way. 66 books. Um, 46 weeks memorizing 46 verses of scripture. We tweaked it a little bit. We're going to do two journals a week, make it, maybe a little, make it a little bit easier. Uh, memorizing 46 verses of scripture. Uh, it's tough, 
But I can promise you this. I, have, I don't think that I've ever done anything more rewarding. I don't, I don't think so. I was challenged. I got to teach and I was taught a whole bunch of things uh, in that. So you just, you just pray with us. But if you want to do the reading because you can't make it, I have two options. And some, some, I've already had people, I don't read that fast. It's cool. Download the app. It'll read to you. You don't have to read. Just listen. Okay? So I have, I have the 46-week plan for adults, and I have a 46-week plan for the students. The students won't all the way get through the Bible. They'll do about half. But if you've never read the Bible and you read half, I don't know if you realize, but that's good. Okay? You're doing something that you've never done before. Okay? So anyway, keep that in mind. But how many people, you don't have to, you don't have to tell me. How many people have a goal or a New Year's resolution right now? Okay, there's one, two, like, there's like four of us. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, how many people decide I'm not going to set a New Year's resolution because I can't keep them? Okay, we're going to speak to this in just a second. Okay, we're going to talk about exercise equipment and my research on exercise equipment. Now, if you have your, some of you are like, oh, look, I did research it. It was pretty, uh, I, was, I wasn't surprised at what I found. But if you have your worship hand out, turn with me. Right here uh, in the middle for, with the, where the blanks, if you are a blank, if you're a blank filler inner liker, you are going to love today. This is full of stuff. Look at the first blank with me. When you start something new, there's great excitement, isn't there? Think of Christmas. We just got past Christmas. Now, I, we, I have two daughters, if you don't know me. My name's Matt, and I am the lead pastor here. But I have an 11-year-old daughter named Emma and an 8-year-old uh, girl named Lydia. Okay? And we have toys in our house. Shocker. You know why we have toys in the house? Because both the girls have grandparents. You get me? Everybody understand this? Aunts and uncles. Okay. So what you could do at our house. Now we recently moved into a new to us house. So we're, we're kind of straight right now. But in six months, I bet you, you could find something that for the last four months, Emma and Lydia have been like, Dad, this is what I want. Now Lydia speaks my love language. The top of Lydia's Christmas list is bacon. Deal. I can buy you bacon, girl. No problem. But I know that's not gonna that's not gonna be last very long in our house. Okay. These toys. Okay. And Mary and I don't go crazy with Christmas, but but they'll ask for this thing and they'll ask for this thing and it'll be exactly what they wanted. Maybe maybe it was you have this thing and you can remember your favorite Christmas present, 1985. I'm telling you, I remember it. 1985. I got a Nintendo. It's the greatest day in the history of the world for me, other than meeting Jesus and getting married and having my kids. It's the Nintendo, I think. So, but we had this, we had this, you get this present, we ask these, these kids what they want for Christmas, and we buy them the Christmas presents, and when they rip the wrapping paper off, there is elation. Yes! My brother-in-law has a famous picture that they show every, every single holiday we see this picture. Uh, my brother-in-law is a couple years younger than me, and he got a Nintendo, okay? Or he got a Sega, I'm sorry. He'd been asking and asking and asking. And there's a picture of Nick opening this present. There's like, Nick, or Gary got a picture like this, and the next thing you see is Nick's like, and he's just cheering in the middle of the living room because he got a Sega. Now, we take these toys six months a year, two or three years down the road, um, what we can find is if we go in the back of the closet, there are, there are things, there are toys, there are items, there are stuff that our kids had to have, right, that are not being used. Is this, maybe it's just my house. I don't know. Is it in your house? No, if they don't use it, we throw it away. Well, okay. <laughs> I did some research. I got on Mount Vernon's Roman Sale site on Facebook and other towns around here's Facebook. And in, I'm talking in less than 10 minutes. In less than 10 minutes, I found over $2,000 worth of used exercise equipment for sale. I believe it was Alanis Morissette that said, isn't this ironic? Okay? Don't you think? Now, listen... Exercise equipment. Now, I remember my dad talking to me. My dad's always, I'm the, little, I'm the smallest guy on both sides of my family. Okay, I'm the runt. I run away. My cousin is six foot four, 315 pounds. He played right tackle at McKendree College. He's like Yeti. I mean, he's huge. Okay, he's just big. But my dad talks to me and he goes, he goes I'm going to get in shape. Okay? 
Now, now we're really, we talked last week, we are really good beginners and starters, aren't we? We're, I mean, we, boom, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year, and some of you in this building currently right now started reading the Bible through in a year, and you got to the third book, which is Leviticus, and you said, nope. <laughs> if you've ever read Leviticus, you understand. And then if you happen to get through Leviticus, all of a sudden there's First and Second Chronicles, and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> This is not exciting, Matt. I get it, but it's God's word. So my dad talks to me in the, in the, in the house one time, and you know, he'd, been, he'd been losing a little bit of weight. My dad was a very big guy. He had stomach surgery. He's lost 160 pounds. I call him half-dad now. So, so I, said, uh, I said, Dad, what are you, you going to get? He goes, I'm getting a Bowflex. I'm like, sweet. The only reason I want you to get a Bowflex is because you're not going to use it, and I will. That's, what, that's, that's my thinking. So, so I said, well... Um, what, have you researched this? No. After my dad found out that a Bowflex cost about four house payments, he decided against it. Okay? But if you go in their garage right now, there's an ab roller. Anybody remember those? There's a lap machine. There's a, there's a leg extension machine. There's a hamstring curl machine. There's a, there's a treadmill. There's all kinds of stuff. And they, and they do use them. My, dad, my dad's been using them. But somebody didn't. Because they bought all of it used. They didn't use it anymore. See, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. We, we are really good starters. Um, I, asked, I had somebody ask me the other day, how in the world has it been over 10 years since you, have a, since you had a soda? And I'm like, no, I just stopped drinking them. I was challenged by, by a youth in our youth group at that time. And it just one of those things that I'm just kind of like, I've, drank, I've had some monster energy drinks that are sugar-free and stuff like that with my keto diet. But other than that, i just not a big... They mixed up my order one time. They gave me mellow yellow, and I ordered lemonade. It was both yellow. I took a big old drink. Thought I was, ugh, yuck. But I wasn't used to it anymore. So when you, start, when you start doing something, there comes a time at some point that it gets difficult. If, if any of you are looking at, at watching your weight and looking to lose some pounds, I promise you, if you stay really good at it, in the next two weeks, you're going to want to go to Culver's. Because you've got to reward yourself, right? Hey, I've been on a diet for 37 minutes. I think I need Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. That's how my mind works, okay? I don't know about you. But we're really good starters, okay? We are really, 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 really good starters. But there comes a time, look at the next blank in your handout. What happens when that something has lost its luster? Huh. Some of you are surprised that a PE teacher, a former PE teacher, even understands the definition of this word. How did I do? What happens when it loses its shiny, Right? You see, you see the exercise equipment on, and I'm not picking on it. Listen, listen. I'm, my personal goal is to lose some, to keep off some more weight this year. But it does lose its newness. It does. If you got a new bike, it gets scratches. Um, you know, eventually you, you know, you watch a movie that you got for Christmas enough times where you're like, eh, I don't want to see that again. It, lose, it, it takes some, some shiny off of it. Have you, ever, have you ever seen something that you started over time loses excitement? Yeah. Friendships, relationships, whatever relationships. They can lose their luster if you don't keep them polished. I couldn't believe it. Over $2,000. I didn't search longer than 10 minutes. $2,000. And that, these are used prices. That, you know, it's not like you're going to go out and buy a Peloton. Have you seen these commercials for this Peloton? I, got this, I like this guy. He's just standing right here. He's just screaming at you. I'm like, okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go faster. Have you seen this? Does anybody have one? I'd love to come over and use it. I didn't buy one because they're expensive. I'm just kidding. What happens when something loses luster? Okay. What, ha- what happens? It gets dull. It gets unused, not used as much, not as polished. I get, I, get, I get a hard time from some of my friends sometimes because in the summertime, they say, well, I'd like to ride in your truck because I can't find any dirt in it. I love to keep my stuff clean. Now, don't go out there and judge me because it's hunting season and that's off limits, okay, because it just gets muddy. But I like to keep stuff clean. The problem is, spiritually, we don't always do that. Hey, God, I, I, this, this relationship thing, man, it's awesome. We first become a Christian, like, yeah, yeah, it's so cool, it's so cool. And now we, we, we use Christianity like it's a get-out-of-hell free card, and the problem is, that's not what we're called to do. 
We're called to not lose our luster. Because if you lose your luster, you look ordinary to every other person. You look like every other person walking down the street or into where you work because you don't look different. Christians should shine. We should be shiny. Different. Some people in this church are really, really good at going to the gym. And I wish I could be like them. But I have to be honest with you and say that I have bought a gym membership and not finished the year at that gym. I don't know if you guys have done that ever, but, you know. It, I, have done, I have done that because it lost, you know, I mean, you look, you, the first two or three months and you're like the great big mirrors in the gym. You know, great big mirrors. So you see a little bit of weight come off and you're, and you're working pretty hard on, on your muscles and all of a sudden you get that confidence. You're like, all right. No one else is in the gym. You like kind of look around, and then you get in front of the mirror. You're like, yeah. yeah you're looking out. And then that guy comes in. You're like, oh, yeah, just come over here and do your own thing. And then, and, then, and then the weather gets cold. And you say, well, I've got to wear a hoodie because it's cold to travel to, all the way to the gym to work out. And I, I just need a day of rest. And when one day turns into two or three days. That's what it did with me. And it lost its luster. It lost its, uh, it's, it's, like its magnetism towards me. Um, Solomon, anyway, the King, uh, King David's son... We catch him in chapter 3, and I did this on purpose, okay? I, I picked out chapter 3 on purpose because it's probably titled in your Bible, Solomon's Observations. Solomon, at this point in time in Ecclesiastes, is very much uh, down. He's just realizing some things that he doesn't care for, he doesn't like. Now keep in mind, this is the wisest person to ever live and he's just speaking how, of what he sees. This book was written 900 to 1,000 years before Jesus was born. And no matter how much you like the song, turn, 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 the birds didn't write the whole thing. Excuse me, it comes from Ecclesiastes. So if you would, look in your Bible or up on the screen, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. We're going to check this out. I also noticed that throughout the world there is evil in the courtroom. Yes, even the courts of law are corrupt. Now, we just finished Christmas. The Grinch song, you're a mean one. Okay, a 30, I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. I'm not going to touch political conversations in this church with a 38,000 and a half foot pole. Okay, but here, look at this. Look, tell me if a thousand years before Jesus came matches 2020. By the way, if you want to see something very comical, go to YouTube and look at the remix they did with Barbara Walters. Because she said, this is 2020. Like 800 times in a row. It's really awesome. Some of you guys have no idea what 2020 is, do you? They have no idea. Anyway, I also noticed that throughout the world there is evil in the courtroom. Still exist? Is there corruption in our world? Hello. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk, we're not going to talk this side, we're not going to talk that side. Even the courts of law are corrupt. Now, I, I took a point because I want to take this another step forward. Yes, there's, there's people that are acquitted for things that they have done wrong. There are people that are sentenced wrongly and, 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 and found guilty of things that they did not commit. And he's just talking about, there's just unfairness everywhere. Now, corruption is everywhere because sin is everywhere. Now, I played baseball in college. Okay, at a Christian college, a lot of people look at what I what I used to do in as a teacher in a school, and I'm, I really felt like I stand beside my sister, and I feel just like a like a nobody. And then, like Jennifer, like, what do you do? Oh, I teach elementary education. I have a major in English and. Blah, 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 all this stuff that she knows how to do and she's really smart. And they go, what do you do? I said, I teach PE. But what they don't, the people don't know is my, I have a minor which is in anatomy and physiology and kinesiology and I can teach health. Okay, I know just enough to be really dangerous. So if you fall down in your arms like this, it's probably already broken. I can't fix you. Okay? Um, but here's the, here's the deal. A and P is a very difficult class. Like we would do the whole volleyball serve and I would have to talk about the pronation, pronation uh, sublimation, all these different extension, all this, the whole movement of the body from memory into a composition notebook. From memory. So I studied my brains out for weeks 
And I am very, very happy to tell you that I got a B. If you knew what I got in college, grade point average wise, a B is okay, all right? We sat in the class, and I mean, we were all worried about it. Most of the guys in the class were baseball players. We had to keep the same schedule with us playing so many games in the spring. And we sat down, we got our composition notebooks out, we got our pencils or our pens out, and we got ready to, to do whatever she was going to put on the board, and we had to write the muscles down for that movement. I'm scared out of my mind. The teacher for this class stands up. There's baseball players in the room. Let's see if you get where I'm going. The teacher gets up and says, hey, I have a meeting. You'll have a sub to watch you take the final. Hello. She leaves. The sub comes in. It's the head athletic trainer for the baseball team. I wonder why that happens. Because the second baseman and the center fielder that were sitting beside me were totally ineligible because of grades. But if they got a good grade on the final, they could play. I wonder why we had a sub. Now, I'll tell you that I didn't cheat. I will also tell you that it did not, not cross my mind. But I didn't cheat because I didn't get an A. <laughs> but like, if you're really good, you don't get the A. Okay, whatever. But every, there's corruption everywhere. Okay, there's corruption anywhere you want to look. So he's just being very down. In verse 17, he says, I said to myself, in due season, God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all their deeds. Basically, it is what it is, right? Yay. At this point in time, Solomon's writing this in Ecclesiastes. And in my personal comparison, right now, he is Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh. Yay. We get to go through life. Yay. I mean, everything is just... Mm. At this point in your life, you will go through a season... There are seasons of death and sorrow and happiness. You can experience a season of happiness and sorrow within the same minute. You can be up here and be down here that fast. You can go through seasons of of grief. Seize all kinds of different things. In due season, God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all their deeds. At this point in time, somebody could have walked up to Solomon and gave... I understand the currency is different, okay? But there's some people that walk through these seasons in life, and maybe us too, that some people can walk up to him with two $50 bills, and they could be upset that you gave him $100 because it wasn't a $100 bill. They could find anything minute to complain about. In a sense, nothing really matters. Now, for some of you that know me a little bit, um, my dad's favorite song for me to play for him on the guitar is Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Because it's, Metallica's good. <laughs> so, so, and I play this, but the song, if you look in the lyrics, nothing matters. You treat people how you want. Uh, we, we talk a lot about the, the what would Jesus do bracelets. It's like people today have that totally backwards and they do just what they want. They don't, it's whatever. Okay, we're gonna li- There's all kinds of things that you can look up or, or you've heard or you've said that life is whatever and then you die. Okay? It's whatever. Like it's just nothing, nothing no, we don't care. You told me a while ago that you were special. You did. You, you all told me that you were special unless you didn't talk. You told me you were special. But it's not because you call yourself special. It's because God calls you special. And we go through these seasons. We go through these seasons of life that are very, very hard. Very, very, very hard. And this is what we want to do. Ready? Yes? Anybody been there? If you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for longer than 37 seconds, you've probably been here. It doesn't matter. I give up. I'll just do whatever I want to do. Only God can judge us. Let's just, everybody do their own thing and do whatever. Both good and bad, all for their deeds, just get, they just get judged and God's the only one that can judge. And, and we have a lot of people on Facebook that are really good at doing this. They're really good at judging people, aren't they? That's sarcasm. <laughs> now watch, I'll show you. Some people in this life, younger people especially, uh, younger adults, uh, you know, people that... that have been raised totally in the generation of social media. This is what they do. They look on Facebook. Did you see so-and-so's new car? 
Now, you may, not, you, you, may that, you may not admit that you do that here, but I promise everybody that has social media has done that. And what we do is this. <sighs> Mary will get on Facebook. And one of my friends will have gotten his wife something, and she'll be like, well, Matt's not that good of a husband. Let me keep scrolling. And then I'll get on Facebook and go, Mary's not that good of a wife. My buddy got this from his wife and blah, blah, blah. You, all of a sudden, you compare your every day with all the flaws and all the marks and all the scars. And you're comparing it to somebody that's showing their highlight reel. Because no one wants to just put that out. Yeah, I'm not having a good day. Man, what, what if I put up a post? Today was one of the worst days of my life. People legitimately would care. Okay, and they would send me messages. But the thing is... We, we, we compare ourselves so much. Who has Snapchat? Not that I'm going to add you. It'd be fun though if I don't have you as a friend. Okay, okay, Snapchat. Now watch. I'll get back to Snapchat in just a second. Young people, guys, girls, don't care. You're walking through the aisle when you go with your mom or dad or whoever. You go to the grocery store and you're checking out. And you look over, and there, and guys, like, there's like this Men's Health Muscle magazine, and these guys are like this. They're like, they have like negative body fat, however that's possible. And you go through there, man, I'd like to look like that. Do you realize that they would too? Or girls, we go through and, oh, this lady looks just like this, and she has everything, and she has a waist that's this big, and she's just, she's just really pretty, and she has flawless skin. She would like to look like that too. Why do we, and, 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 and these, these social media and these little, these messaging things caught on to this concept, why else would there be filters on Snapchat? Now, if you don't know about this, <laughs> I got to show a lot of other adults how to play on Snapchat, and it was really fun. And there's filters. You, you take a picture of your face, and you slide through on the bottom, and you can look like all kinds of different things, okay? So there's one of them that if you're a guy, it switches you to look like a girl, and if you're a girl, it switches you to look like a guy. I did that, took a picture, and it looked like my sister with a beard. I, I do. We could literally be twins, okay? So, 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 but the cool thing is when I got it on, the, on, the, on that filter, and I'm looking at it like it was my sister, I'm like, man, my skin looks so good. It's so soft. So I was with my, one of Mary's friends, and we were doing Snapchat, and she does this. She takes a picture. She took a picture of herself in one of those, those glowing ones. And if you've done it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. It looks all nice. She literally asked, she said this, I wish I looked like that. Time out. Do you understand what happened there? She's comparing herself to something that's not even real. There's no scars, there's no blemishes, there's nothing wrong. And that's the problem. We get in this, we get in this funk and we think, God, there's just nothing. That's where he is. Okay? And, and you're not exempt from, from ever not going there. Look at verse 18. Then I realized that God allows people to continue in their sinful ways so that he can test them. If you are not careful, you do this. You have emotions because they're given to you by God. Watch. This is, this is Andrew. Let's call this guy. This is Andrew over here. Andrew has the perfect wife. He has two kids, a boy and a girl. Twins even. Great house, great job. Everything goes good for Andrew. Do we know these? Do you know this person? Someone's like, mm-hmm, his name's not Andrew. Okay. <laughs> now, watch. What we do is this. God allows us to go through things because he's testing it. Look at Abraham. You look, you look at all kinds of different people. Job have been allowed to go through tests so that their faith was increased. Is it fun? No. Getting up at 5 a.m. and doing burpees and sprints in college was not fun. But I can tell you that it made me stronger. It made me a better athlete, a more conditioned person that played. When God puts us through this stuff, the only thing that we want to do is, Andrew's not going through this. If you have kids, you hear this every day. Lydia and Emma, biggest fight in our house. Not joking. She's not in here. No, they're teaching. Okay, watch this. Biggest fight in my house. Ready? <laughs> this is awesome. Sometimes I do it just for fun. Last night, it was supposed to be one of their turn. I think it was supposed to be Emma's turn to get a shower first. So I mixed the whole chart up. I went in and said, hey, Emma. Or, hey, Lydia. Yeah. Your turn to get in the shower first. Oh! That's all I heard. It was like somebody killing a cat. 
like, what is wrong? It's Anna's turn to go first. And I'm thinking, I'm 39 years old. And to an eight-year-old, this is a huge deal. Child, why do you not want to go get clean first? You have more time to watch TV. It's not fair. She used that word. I said, okay, well, I'm going to do what my dad did to me. You're now voluntold to go get a shower. It's like you have an option, but you don't. Go get a shower. Okay? So we, we do this, but Andrew, Andrew asked his kids, hey, perfect child, will you go get a shower? Oh, yes, dad, I'll do that. Andrew does not exist. Not in America, anyway. <laughs> he does not exist. But we do that. And we get upset when God takes us through things that he he wants to make us stronger, but we get upset. Look, he says, that way they can see for themselves they are no better than the animals. Now, he's going to come up with an argument here that basically humans and animals are just the same. People have been told that our souls, and these people were Greek we talked about in, in, uh, around, around Solomon here. And they didn't think that the, they thought the soul would go up, but they would never be reunited with their body. So they're going to talk about resurrection and things, and it's going to be a little bit confusing. But here he says, Man, God, I'm no better than an animal. If I die, I die. Return to dirt, done. Listen, if that's the point, do whatever you want. If that is literally the truth, just go outside, do whatever you want to do. One day you'll die and turn into dirt. I'm telling you right now, I have a question. What if you're wrong? It's not what if you're right. If you're right, if I live my whole life like there is no God and I die and there is no God, I've lost nothing, Blaise Pascal. If I live my whole life like there is no God and there is a God, I've lost everything. You choose. There's not a person in Vegas that would take that bet. Not one. Okay, if they're really honest. So he's saying we're not, it's not worth anything. For humans and animals both breathe the same air and both die, so people have no real advantage over the animals. How meaningless. You ever gone through life and go, why? This is stupid? I know that you don't talk to God that way. You do. And you think you, you've been mad at God and like, did you see Andrew? I don't know if you saw, but Andrew got pulled over the other day and he got away with a written warning because he's Andrew. Don't we do this? You do, we do this. God, we, we complain about when people, when people just have everything going right. And verse 20 says, both go to the same place, the dust from which they came and to which they must return. So he is not in a good spot here. In verse, so what's the point? Verse 21, he goes on. For who can prove that the human spirit goes up? Huh. And the spirit of the animals goes down into the earth. Now, what he's talking about is the spirit being reunited with God. Okay. Now, If you can answer verse 21, please have me over. I would love to hear you explain it. Because nobody in this room has had God over for breakfast and asked him this question. How can you prove that the human spirit goes up or to heaven? Anybody been to heaven? I'm being for real. I'm not being smart aleck. Have you been? Okay, we can ask how many people have been to Fairfield. That's a tangible place. You can put your hands on it. You You can feel it. Have you been to heaven? This is tough. This is hard. How can you prove the human spirit goes up and the spirit of animals goes down to the earth? He's saying if, if, if we're just here for nothing, but he, by the way, he doesn't keep this mindset through the whole book, right? but he says, what's, what's, the, what's the point? Some of you are going through a, a time right now that you literally are looking at God going, why am I here? I'm useless. Have you seen what I've done? I can't be used. That's absolutely nothing farther from the truth. So I saw that there's nothing better for people than to be happy in their work. (laughs) Now, Emma and Lydia had to go back to school on Thursday. Lydia might be the only human that actually skipped into where she wanted to go. But she skips and hops everywhere, okay? Now, if you had New Year's off, or you've had off all Christmas or whatever, how's how's Monday going to go tomorrow? Anybody going to skip into work? Hey, boss, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> They're probably going to drug test you. Okay, just saying. Okay. We don't, but it, they, they, it's been said that if you're happy in what you do as far as a living, you'll never be work. Okay, this is our lot in life, he says. Just, just be happy with how you work, and no one can bring us back to see things or what happens after we die. He is not in a good spot. He's, he's depressed. He's not doing very well. 
So this looks, brings me to my, my next point on your worship handout. How about this? What do you do when life seems so unfair? <laughs> October 27, 2001, I was completely, totally upset with God. I said things in a backyard um, outside of college campus that I don't ever, 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 ever want to repeat out of my mouth again, and I said them straight to God. I lost a grandpa that was 64 years old to a heart attack the day before he finished roofing his house. My grandpa gave his life to preach God's word, and he took his first church at 20. So by the age of 64, he had 44 years of pastoral experience, and God took him away. Unfair was an understatement in my vocabulary. I probably said things, I can't remember the whole jaunt that I went on, but I can't imagine all the things that I said, but one of the big ones is, this isn't fair. And it did not happen that day. Because I was upset. But I will tell you this. We see things that are so unfair. God sees how he can use those if we listen to him and how he can change us and help us learn and how to help other people. Going through Mary and I's miscarriage was not fun. We lost the baby before we had two girls. But I can tell you that when God healed us, he brought people into our lives that had had the same thing go on, and we were able to minister to them. It, he turned an unfair into a help. It, it helped people not lose their faith. Hey, I yelled at God. I screamed at God. A sudden loss of a family member. All kinds of different things. So over time, God began, to, instead of saying, Ugh, like my kids do when they have to get the shower first, like we're very, very guilty of doing as Christians, God's like, I want you to do this. Uh, we might as well ask our kids to get in the shower first. That's how we're acting. Maybe, maybe you don't. I do. <laughs> Sometimes. So I looked up the word fair. This is the definition according to the Bible of what fair is. Because of my sin, I deserve hell. That's fair. Because of my sin, I deserve hell. That would be fair. But instead, God did God math. You've heard me talk about God math before. If God says, give me you and all of your stuff. Thank you. And I give you Jesus and we'll call it even. That's the most unfair equation in the history of the world. We get Jesus and we give God ourselves and our stuff. We... The problem is we don't want, we think that we want it, but we don't want fair. If fair was fair, when you got pulled over, even doing one mile an hour over the speed limit, you get a ticket. Well, that's not fair. See, we're already arguing. See, we don't, we don't know what that is. It's not fear. It's not fair. It can be very dangerous. Look at the next blank in your, in your worship handout. In 2020, will you let your old self respond to this or your new self? Now I'm talking about the previous question. Are we, will, we, will we seek to have God change us or will we just keep doing what we've been doing and then get upset? See, there's a verse in the Bible that paraphrases says this. We keep doing the same things over and over again and then we are mad because we choose to do those things and then we're mad that we're not different. And we're mad at God for that. See, it's, it's absolutely insane. But here's the deal. Something happens to me, something happens to me this year, something's happened to families in our church already this year. And we would all, if in the same shoes, we would all be upset. And this is what I've seen. Instead of stomping feet, instead of, now, the sorrow and mourning, absolutely. But there's, there are questions being asked, like, God, what do you want to teach me? The only thing that I see is, holy cow, that is a mature, mature, mature person. That understands how to ask that question. And then God speaks to me, and I say, I want to be like that. I don't know if you want to be like that. I don't, I don't want to be the same. My morning this morning has been horrific, awful, horrid. Now, I know that nobody in this church 
argues on the way to church. You don't get into it before church. Listen, if Satan wants to attack anybody before church, I can promise you it's at 126 County Road North 700 in Blueford. That's my house. I promise you he just wants to wreck my day. And he did a pretty good job this morning. The girls are slow to get up. I know this never happens to you. The girls are slow to get up. We don't have exactly what they wanted for breakfast. They have to, heaven forbid, have another flavor of something. Okay. Mary says something to me. I take it wrong. I say something to Mary. She takes it wrong. I know that you don't ever argue because you're Andrew. You are. You are Andrew people. You don't ever fight before church. And when I got in my truck and I came to church, I put on praise and worship music because I'm a Christian. I turned it up. I have a Bose sound system factory in my truck. I turned it up about three, three spaces from shattering glass, as loud as it would go. And the only thing that I heard on that radio was, I love Jesus. I'm like, you get me? I'd already been through the ringer all morning and I get to church, Todd has to replace his amp. You ever had a day where you just want to step up and go, not today, Satan, and I'm being for real? I just want to get together with my church. I just came to church. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to church. I come in, Todd goes, we got problems. And I went, I'm leaving. (laughs) The problem is, my old self would have left. It's too much work, God. I don't want to put all that in. He says, he said, Matt, can I have your keys? I don't want you to have my keys. He doesn't want me to lend him my stuff. He wants to give me, give him my stuff. He says, I want to change you. I love the beginning of a new year because it says, after God's grace through Jesus Christ and his payment for our sin is applied to our life, he says, behold, I make all things new. And because of that, I don't have to be the same person as I used to be. Thank God you did not know him. No bueno. That's Spanish for those of you. Not good. <laughs> Paul speaks about how we can have this hope in our new self in 1 Corinthians. Look at, on the, look at it on the screen with me. A fantastic job. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead because they are not too far replaced from that really happening in in history in the Bible. Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For there is no resurrection of the dead, and Christ has not been raised either. He's teaching them, okay? We talked about the resurrection thing, and a whole bunch of stuff that they didn't understand with the Greek people. Okay, so so Paul is is speaking to these people. Um, In Christianity, we, we, we look at the body and soul being joined and sanctified and all this other huge theological terminology. Uh, But look at verse 13 with me. For if there is no resurrection of the dead, I'm going to paraphrase this. Go do whatever you want to. If God did not raise Jesus from the dead, you are wasting your time here. The problem is this. He did. For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ hasn't been raised either. Without Christ, there is no hope. So Paul wrote here one more time. says, If there is no resurrection of the dead, Christ has not been raised either. But God did raise Jesus. Because he did that, we have, a possi- we have the hope and, and the opportunity to ask Christ to forgive us and come into our life. I want to ask you just a real, question, real quick question. You do with it whatever you want. You ask yourself this question. Where would you be today, January 5th, 2020, without Jesus? I can tell you where I'd be. Not here. Physically. On the planet. I wouldn't be here. The sheep, the analogy of the sheep and leaving the 99 to go get the one doesn't matter unless you've been that one. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, I'm just one of the 99 sheep hanging out doing what I'm supposed to do. I didn't. I don't know about you, Andrew people. I was this person and I had a guy named John, he came because he had been changed by God so much that he said, I know exactly what you're going through. One of the biggest New Year's resolutions for myself that I've set for myself and to teach people a connection to do is this. You ready? It's really difficult. Ready? I'm not joking. This is hard. Love people where they are for who they are because God said so. 
Come on, I want to do that. <laughs> okay. You don't have to. That's my goal. But this says to. I don't care if they have ink on their eyelids. I don't care if they have a mohawk. I don't care if they have any hair like me. I do not care what they look like. I do not care if they're yellow with pink polka dots or green with black stripes. God said to love them, period. Actually, he said exclamation mark as he, as he gave his life. How can, we, how can we love better? What would this world be like? Instead of talking about the government and stuff like this and people like Andrew and comparing ourselves to, to highlight reels, what if we just loved people? I talked with a guy this week. I said, how different would our world be if people just loved people for who they were? It, I, I didn't say agree with everything that they did. I just said love them like Jesus did. Jesus comes to Mount Vernon. As much as I like golf, and if you have a membership, I am not condone, I'm, not, I'm not being down on you because I like to play this too. If Jesus came in from the east... I like to think that because he'd come from there. He comes from the east into Mount Vernon. He's not going to stop at Green Hills. Can, I ju- can we just be honest? He's going to go to the hardest neighborhoods around here and he's going to say this. I'm Jesus. I love you. We- the Bible says nothing about being a country club Christian. It says that when you're a Christian and you love like Christ, it's hard. But the only thing that our American mind is to step back and say, that's not fair. And if we could take a glimpse at what is going on in China right now, and the gospel is spreading like wildfire, and they're trying, the government is trying to put their thumb on it anywhere in history, if you're a history person, anywhere in history where the government has tried to push down religion, especially Christianity, is exploded. Pharaoh put his thumb down on the Israelite people. What they do? Exploded in population. The gospel is not allowed in China and it is spreading like wildfire, but we aren't under that oppression, so we just do just what we want. Have you gotten to the point in your life where you say, you know what, enough, enough? I want to get better. I want to do this better. I want to love God more. I want to love people more. Some days, everything does seem meaningless, doesn't it? It just just does. Why am I going through this? Why am I doing this? Well, here's the thing. Is it not those days where God teaches us to lean on Him? (laughs) I have a conversation with God. God, I cannot get through today without you. Duh. (laughs) That's why you're there. That's why you need me. So look at the last blank in your worship handout and we'll, we'll be dismissed. New year, new outlook. Jesus is and always has been greater. Now, some of you are kind of a little bit shy of that greater sign since we just preached, I just preached through Hebrews and that's all, we had greater sign all the time. But it's a new year, it's a new outlook. I wonder what your, how your outlook will change about loving people from this year to, from, than it's been last year. Now, I don't know everybody's story in here. I'm not sure that I know everybody's first name. I don't know everybody's middle name. I don't know if you have $7 or $7 million in the bank and that doesn't matter to me. I don't care where you've been spiritually. I don't care where you've been physically. But at Connection, we are very concerned in where you are going. Big time. 100% interested. You have a question about Jesus, I'd love to sit down and talk with you. What he's done for you, what he's done for me, I would sit down and talk with you. But there's a lot of things we can put on this side of that greater than sign. You have low self-esteem, you're depressed, you're lonely, all kinds of stuff, you're lacking relationships, you, you, you think that you're going to be this and you're going to be this and th- there's drugs and alcohol and, and tobacco. I, just, I don't care what you want to put on that side. But in most of our lives, that greater than sign has been switched. Jesus is over here and all of our stuff is that way. It's only until you realize that Jesus is bigger than that stuff that he can change your life. Listen, there are people in this room currently right now, and it's none of anybody else's business they've just shared with me, that have been (laughs) healed of addictions that should have killed them. Oh, wait. I mean, that's that's good, right? They've been healed from addictions that could have killed them. There's been marriages in our church that the world said would never, ever last. I dealt with three, three of my close friends. One of them, I did their marriage. 
I talked to three different people this week that are all going through divorces. And they said, Matt, it's just useless. I'm just going to end it and I'm going to do this. I'm talking three different people that had no idea about anybody else. They're all talking about depression. I wonder why they were talking about depression with me. Because I suffered from it. God healed me of that. I don't have those thoughts anymore. And I was able to show them, even if it's with my words, show them what God had done in my life. be really honest with you, old Matt would have never done that. I don't care. I wouldn't have cared. It's your problem. It's not mine. Listen, God has a plan for you. You you told me earlier twice, two times, that you're special. You need to understand that. You are. You're so special. And God wants to do things with you that you can't imagine. So you're like, I don't have anything to offer. Man. (laughs) There's all kinds of things that God wants to do. So in this new year, in this new exciting 360 days left, what do we do? Oh, let's keep doing the same thing. I can tell you what happens when you do the same thing. Ready? Nothing changes. Make cookies all you want. Make cookies all you want. Put no sugar in them at all. Tell kids to eat them. Not happening. Well, they might. Lydia might. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Anyway, <laughs> you, do, you do things. Make Kool-Aid without sugar. Okay. So you, you keep doing it and say, well, one day this is going to be sweet. One day this is going to be sweet. Without putting the sugar in it, it's not going to be sweet. Without putting Christ where he needs to be, it's not going to be where it needs to be. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. God, we love you so much. We're thankful, God, for Jesus. We're thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for our worship. God, we thank you for the words that you gave Todd to pick in the songs that he didn't know what I was talking about. And God, maybe, uh, may you be with all of us this week as we go through stuff that's very difficult and some of us literally out loud every day have to pray prayers like, Jesus, I need you. Every moment, I need you. God, will you give us that intentionality to keep on with this new commitment to you? God, will you help us not to lose luster in that relationship with you, God, but you would, instead, you would begin to polish and to make that shiny, to where we look different than this world so that we can tell other people about you and what you've done in our life. God, we thank you for the people that are here, that we're at the 9 o'clock, God, that we're here, that are listening online. God, for our kids in the back. God, I pray, I thank you, God, for our teachers, and I thank you, God, for our young people, our young kids that are, that are learning more about you today. God, and I thank you for challenging us today. Yeah, this wasn't easy to hear. I don't like change. And I like to compare myself to Andrew just so I'll have somebody and something to complain about. God, may I allow your word to reflect upon my life the things that I need to change. And God, may we all do that. How would you be with us as we go? And may we run into somebody outside of these, these walls, God, that we can just share just a quick, hey, how you doing? Conversation with. Just let them know that they're loved. As we be your hands and feet. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen.